I just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You are the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live. Great to have you here. And we're going to talk about a tough subject today because one of the most difficult things in this life is losing someone, losing someone you love. Uh, and, and we all have to deal with it. We deal with it in oftentimes, you know, different ways. But it's something that you're going to have to face if you haven't faced it already. How do we deal with it? We are not promised that we will not have grief in this life. We are promised that God will be with us in the grief, and we can take hope in that. But let's be honest, it's still hard. Uh, and I think it's okay to say that. And I think that's why we need each other. And so we're going we're gonna to talk about that today. I've got someone who deals with this. She has a new book out called When Mountains Crumble. Uh, you can see it on the screen for those of you watching video. Uh, and the author of that is Danita Janae. And so um, I want you to hear her story um, because I, I think it will help you, uh, whether you're still hurting from grief from years ago, from loss, uh, or maybe you're walking through that right now, or maybe you just want to be better prepared when you know that difficult times will come. And, it, and this is not to be too heavy uh, or, or pessimistic. This is to equip you to be able to deal with such things. So I appreciate you guys being here. Chat is open if you're watching live, uh, and we always appreciate your comments after the fact, as long as they're nice. If you're mean, I delete them. <laughs> Danita, welcome to Life Today. Great to have you. Thank you, Mr. Randy. Happy to be here. <laughs> well, let's let's dive into it. Uh, and as I, I mentioned to you before we started, you know, I admire someone who is able to minister out of their pain because I, you know, when I've suffered a close loss. I, I like to move on, you know, not to ignore it, not to not acknowledge it, but to not live there. But walk us through some of what you've been through so that people understand where you're coming from. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, when I was little, we were, our family was very familiar with grief. I lost over 14 family members. Well, there were 14 loved ones. And I think one was a really close friend that was like a brother. Mm. Um, that was the year my uncle broke his neck. And so that was uh, just a really um, excruciating year for my family. And then uh, fast forward, I met my sweetheart and uh, we got married. He was in the military and um, just faced a lot of chronic illness, postpartum depression, um, all kinds of trials um, through deployment. So it was just very difficult season. And then uh, a few years ago, I actually got so sick that we thought I wasn't going to make it. And I really felt prompted to write out how I wanted people to care for my children when I was gone, because we really thought I wasn't, I wasn't going to make it. And during that season, my husband and I, we learned to fast and pray on a whole nother level together. Uh, we uh, experienced breakthrough. We saw miracles. My my doctor is actually from Africa. And so like in the way that he would say it, like, this is a miracle of God, you know, he would just say it so beautifully. And he was like, there's no other explanation than, than this is from the Lord and the healing that we saw. 
and then shortly after that, we um, were moving to Colorado. It was going to be our last duty station. He was one year out from retirement. So we were like so close to the finish line. And uh, we went hiking as a family. The desert was blooming and it doesn't usually do that. It was just such a beautiful year. There was a lot of rain that year. And uh, we were just so excited because I could barely lift my laundry basket in the years prior. And now like I'm hiking with my family and we were like, oh my gosh, like this is so amazing. There was so much celebration and joy. Um, and it was just on the heels of that joy that uh, we hit the hardest season of sorrow I've ever faced in my life. And that's when um, my husband, who was an avid 14er hiker, which are at the mountains in Colorado over 14,000 feet, he went and did another one and that one um, took his life. He didn't come home. So he went missing for six days and we were up there close to where he was hiking, vacationing as a family. So it was me and my girls and um, it was obviously devastating um, when we did find his when we found him, he wasn't alive. So um, the, the, the days that transpired, I mean, they just turned into this horrible blur, but that was the day that my mountains crumbled. I mean, for our family, it was very literal. He was in the mountains and, but I think anyone who loses someone that they depend on daily um, as their source of stability, as their provision, as their rock, when you lose that person in your life, it just feels like everything falls to pieces. Mm. And that was, that was um, definitely how it felt. Um, that started a whole season of, you know, questioning God, of, you know, trying to sort out anger, trying to sort out just the heavy, just physical weight of it. And, um, you know, like I came to a place where I still was like, okay, like, Jesus, you really are, you have to be the cornerstone of my life. You have to be the one that holds all this together. And that's kind of where all this, that season is where all this came out yeah. of. Yeah. What what year was that? That was in 2019. Oh, goodness. Okay. So mm -hmm. still, still fresh, I'm sure. But um, here's one thing I think people, I know people struggle with um, is, is you've got a lot of questions. I mean, you've had like hard questions for God kind of mm -hmm. thing, you know? And yeah. I think for whatever reason, uh, we think that we need to avoid God with those questions. And I, I am fully convinced that just the opposite is true. Uh, mm -hmm. Not only can he handle those questions, I, I don't think he meets those questions with a sense of offense that we might as humans, you know, um, what did you, how long did it take you first of all, to take those questions to God? Cause I know sometimes like you say, it's a blur. You're just trying to get through the day. You're just trying to breathe. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. what was your, what was your process like in, in dealing with God in, in this pain? Yeah. Questions are central when you lose someone. I mean, you want to know why you want to know why now you want to know why, why this person, why, when we were, you know, new in town, like you have so many questions. Why, if you are a good God, I mean, there's so many questions that pile up 
And for me, they were central in my story of loss and trying to sort out grief and healing. And I think that um, I just felt so disappointed that questions were such a small little side note in several books I flipped through. And I really felt like that was a huge um, thing that the Lord wanted me to be able to process on my own and then give other people the chance to process their own questions. And I remember, I remember wondering, you know, when I finally did ask why, I remember thinking, wait, okay. I mean, and I mean, it came out like, why, like, why? And I just, I held it in for so long. And when it came out, it was rough. And, um, then it felt so good to finally ask God these questions, but then it was like, oh, wait, am I even allowed to do that? You know, and you have this kind of like tension that you're, that you're describing. And I remember thinking, you know, Lord, is it okay? Like I have one more question. Is it okay if I even ask you these questions? And he reminded me of Jesus on the cross. My God, my God, why did you forsake me? I mean, that moment, in scripture and in history, it gave me so much permission to mm. be like, okay, if Jesus can say why, number one, and two, God, I feel completely forsaken and abandoned by you. That gives me so much permission to do the same. And I really leaned into that <laughs> and I just followed suit. And I think a lot of healing came from keeping that communication with the Lord open. Just, uh, I want to get to what you heard in response but just on a practical level how did Mm. that look like is that is that prayer is that talking to other people to spiritual leaders a pastor or something just where where did you go with those i really i went to the lord in prayer um i'm sure they're my prayer partner i'm sure i talked with her about it a little bit but i didn't unfortunately when my husband died we were new in town and then COVID happened oh and we weren't really plugged in. So the level of isolation we experienced was extreme. And so I didn't honestly have a whole lot of people that I could go to. Mm. And the grace of that is that Jesus became my only friend. You know, he, we feel so isolated in our loss that we're like, I don't even know where to go and nobody really understands who I am anymore. Um, but there was one who did understand and that was Jesus. And so I had to press into prayer and it it looked like me literally sitting on the bathroom floor or in the closet and just screaming, you know, out like why and talking to him and um, sitting in the quiet with him. Mm. What, what did you hear? Sometimes nothing. Right. Mm. And that's, what's so hard. That's honest. Because, I felt like, I felt like the Holy Spirit was so chatty with me before I lost my husband. Like I really felt like I was just hearing from the Lord and in his word and so connected. And when I lost Dan, I felt like I lost everyone else too, plus God, because he got so quiet. And it took me quite a while to realize that sometimes when you're so extremely hurt by loss, Quiet is the best way to minister to someone. It's just your quiet presence, the ministry of you being right there by their side. And that's not when people are ready to hear a whole sermon. If the Lord had just, you know, downloaded tons of stuff to me and all this revelation, 
you know, I don't know that I would have had ears to hear any of it. (laughs) You know, that's very interesting because I I, I know a gentleman who is a chaplain or was Mm -hmm. a chaplain for local fire and police departments here in the Mm Dallas-Fort Worth area. And we were talking, and you know, he he's first with the family after, you know, car accidents, after suicides, mm-hmm. uh, after you know, like in their darkest moment. And I asked him, I said, "What do you what do you say?" And he goes, "Usually nothing, because it's it's words don't really have an impact at that point." He yeah. called it the ministry of presence, which is yeah. exactly what you're saying. Mm-hmm. What? Uh, where where did where did that take you? Because I mean, I'm I'm guessing you're still on that journey to a degree. Am am I right? I've experienced so much healing. It's it's remarkable the healing and the grace God's shown me. Um, so I feel like I'm in a very different place yeah. now than I was. Um, praise God, but. Um, I guess I, I guess I just, um, I've seen him really speak to me when I'm journaling mm-hmm. and that surprised me. Cause it's like, he, he decided to, to, you know, reveal things to me in a different way than I was maybe accustomed to mm-hmm. before I lost Ian. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a huge part of why I've just, I just needed to be able to have intelligent conversation and just talk about these things. And I didn't know who to turn to. And so a lot of it just turned to journaling. And um, some of that was prayer with me and the Lord on paper. And some of that was just, you know, questions I had and thoughts I had. And he really gave me um, a ministry of asking questions. I'd actually for years prior to losing Dan, been praying that the Lord would make me a good asker of questions because I felt like I wasn't a very good like conversationalist. And so that had been a prayer of mine was make me a good asker of questions so that it can help people process what they're going through. And it's just, as we were talking before, questions were so central um, to my story. And that's why there's such a huge part of when mountains crumble is just offering people questions that they genuinely want to answer because it it does bring so much healing when you can kind of write it out or doodle it out or, or think some things through on your own. Yeah. Well, questions, um, are half of it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, uh, the, the answers I think are really what we're after and they're not always what we want or expect. Uh, so I want to ask you about that. I want to show people real quick. This is the book mountains when mountains crumble. You can pick that up wherever you get books. You can also go to her website at Danita Janae. And uh, if you happen to be listening and not watching, I will do you the favor of spelling D-A-N-I-T-A, Danita. And Janae is J-E-N-A-E, J-E-N-A-E, DanitaJanae.com. You can also go to WindMountainsCrumble.com, and she's got some resources we'll tell you about before we finish here today. But answers. Did you get any answers? <laughs> I I did get some answers, but none of them were, you know, why did my husband die, right? Like people wanted to offer me answers as to why they thought that happened. <laughs> yeah, we do that. <laughs> we do that. And that does, did that, I mean, did that help? Because a lot of times that I, I just, from my own experience, some of the things people thought they said that were helpful, it was like, 
yeah, you're not helping at all. <laughs> it's not helpful, no. Um, it kind of adds a whole nother layer of things that you now suddenly have to process. Mm-hmm. Um, often I hear, it happened to me, but I also hear from other people that are grieving loss how how often someone will tell them, well, I know why you know, your person had to die. It's because at the funeral, that's when my friend came to the Lord. Oh. And I'm like, okay, I love that that happened, but that's not why my person yeah. died. Like, that's why Jesus I, died. Exactly, yeah. He, yeah, he gave his life so that we can have <laughs> eternal life. My loved one didn't need to. Yeah. Yeah, and I just think that a huge part of of the the answers for me were understanding um not necessarily my circumstances, but the character of God. I mean, mm. I can't, I can't rationalize or understand anything still that happened. And we still have extremely unanswered questions of how and why it happened. We don't even know mm. um, in our story. And so those questions, I finally came to a place of peace and just able to lay those down because I worked through this whole process that's that I work readers through in the book, but just this process of getting towards a place where, um, you know, maybe there's a better questions to ask mm-hmm. instead of why. And, and I think that to, towards, towards the end of these process, like we just get to this place where it's like, when you know the goodness of God, like when you really are, when you really are in his presence, some of those questions, they really, they don't burn like they used to. They just don't. And he's, he promises he's going to wipe away every tear when we're in heaven. But a lot of people read that verse and they say, that means there's no tears in heaven. And I actually think that that means there are tears in heaven and he will wipe away every single one. I don't think we're going to die and just all that pain's just going to be like, boop, didn't happen. Like, I think he's going to minister to us and bring healing and Maybe he will answer some questions and maybe he won't, but, but being in his presence offers this, this healing that can't be explained, this peace that cannot be explained. And I think that's what we're really after. (laughs) I don't think, you know, we want the answers to our questions, but I think what we really want is to be able to walk in healing and peace again and wholeness and freedom and not um, just this, all the other layers that grief adds to our plea. I spoke several years ago to someone, a couple who had lost their child uh, mm. who was murdered in a school shooting. Mm. Um, and I, I brought up the question of why, you know, uh, why God would allow that to happen, why my child kind of thing, because I think that was very natural. Uh, and they said, you know, we never really got answer, any kind of answer to the why, but we were able to go, you know, go on our healing journey to begin to move on in a, in a healthy way mm-hmm. when we stopped asking why, but we started asking what now? Yeah. Did you get to the point where you had to go, okay, God, what now? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And how, you know, how do you want me to move on? Like, how do you want me to? That's the wrong, I never say move on, but right, how do you want me to move forward? forward yeah, how, I, I how do you want me to handle this? And 
And, you know, how is this supposed to change me? Because for a while I'm like, Lord, this isn't changing me for the better. This is making me a very rotten person (laughs) and um, a very emotionally unstable, like I'm not doing well person in, you know, how, how do you want this to change who I am and what is the ministry that you have out of this for me? And so, yeah, there was a lot of changing the question. Um, I think it was important to ask why. And then after a while, I think it's really important to say, okay, are there better questions that I should be asking you, Lord? Sure, sure. When I went hiking a few years ago with my wife and my youngest daughter, um, when we got to a hard place, I would go up first and then I would mm. turn around and I would reach back and lift them up. Yeah. Are and I, I, I mean, if, if you're not there, I, I would totally get it because this is a, this is a process is a journey, but I mean, I'm guessing with the books, have you been able to turn around and, and say, look, I've, I've gotten to this place and here's a hand to help you too. Um, actually there's, I, I think that's such a beautiful picture and I'm flashing back to my last hike with my husband. Cause that's exactly, it, <laughs> there was a lot of real like steep areas where he had to go ahead and like hold our hands so that we wouldn't be slipping on the, yeah gravel to get up to the next level. And I think the beautiful thing about community, when you do finally find it, when you do finally find this fellowship of brokenhearted where other people understand loss and they've been through loss like you have. As I met other widows, there were women who were a few years ahead of me and there were women who were just a few days ahead of me. Um, And then there were women who eventually came just a few days behind me and now a few years behind me and I love how God puts us in such strategic places where you know you might only be one step further on the journey than the person behind you but that is such a great comfort because you can look ahead I remember looking ahead to my friend Russell Linda and being like okay she's two years ahead of me and she's like upright her brain works she's like she laughs i'm like okay like it just just looking at her and seeing her ahead of me even if she you know she gave me a lot of whole you know hand holding and pulling me up the mountain but even if i could only see her from a distance it was like okay i'm gonna make it too because she is making it and i think that we all have that ministry once we've been through loss is just um just you know it's not even something you have to work at it's like the light of christ is just in you it's not something you have to muster up, but in the same way, it's like, okay, they're still upright somehow. They're still doing this. They're still breathing. I can too. And um, it's just a really special gift that God gives us. Mm, yeah. Yeah. It, we hear that scripture, blessed are those who mourn, you know, mm-hmm. and most of it, I think a lot of it is in one ear and out the other. But if you stop and think about it, you go, that's weird. That's like not exactly. what I want, right? I'm like, that mm-hmm. doesn't make sense. And I think you have to read the rest of the statement. But have you found mm-hmm. any any blessing in your morning? Yeah, I call them blessings bittersweet. <laughs> um, because there are, there are pure blessings out of it. And there are blessings that are like, man, that's a good one. But it sure is bittersweet. And um, I think that... You know, just one of the exercises is in the book is to help people walk through what are those that what was mm-hmm. a blessing mm-hmm. that, and then what just felt rotten, and it's okay to say that too. <laughs> yeah, 
But yeah, it is. But it's, yeah. Uh, so uh, tell us real quickly about the um, what you do have in the book to help someone. So if someone's walking through this right now and, and they're mm-hmm. they're hurting, they have, you know, they're suffering that grief bomb, as you talk about. Mm-hmm. What what can you offer them? Yeah, there's so many. They're real short. Each devotional is super short because I remember how hard it was to read anything. And I use really simple language because it's so hard to read anything. But the thing that I think people are walking away from is there. I'm hearing from people that said, when I started your book, I had no hope. And now I actually have hope and I'm having healing. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that is because of the way the Lord gave me these questions for people to be able to answer and process their own story. I share a little bit of mine enough to kind of jog their own story and then give them a chance to process their own. And that's been bringing a lot of healing. There's also prayers in there that are when you don't have the words to pray, which is pretty much always. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, just so many practical, it's just packed with practical tips. Like, okay, most widows lose 75% of their support network within the first couple months. Mm. So how do you process that for one? And then how do you rebuild? Like practically, how do you rebuild your community? Practically, how do you answer people when they say, how can I help? Like how, Mm -hmm. what are some ways you can actually have things prepared and thought out ahead of time so that when people do offer, you're like, oh, I have actually have a list I kept in my phone. And this is something that you could do that really would help me. Um, So there's just so many things like that that are, prayerful and practical and it's meeting a it's kind of filling a gap where there where there wasn't yeah well and i appreciate you taking the time to do that because reliving the painful parts is you know as i said at the beginning it's it's not easy most of us don't want to mm-hmm. do it but you've done it i want to show people this is com. uh so you know you're in the right place and if you go to windmountainscrumble.com dedicated for the book you will see how to help your grieving friend, uh, calming prayers for troubled times, the grief relief guide. And this is not uh, some kind of effort to, to sell books. Good Lord. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, not worth it, frankly. This is mm-hmm. ministry. This is yeah. to help you watching, wondering if there's any hope. Uh, if there's any help, there is. Uh, and Danita is offering it. And, and I appreciate you doing that. I want to give you the last word. And I think the appropriate place to end is what you would say to someone who is fresh in that grief process that might offer a little hope. Um, since you can't be present with everyone, is there, is there anything that they can hear that will maybe move them along and begin the healing process? Yeah. When it's fresh, I feel like the one thing that's really coming to my mind right now is, if the only prayer you can utter is the name of Jesus, there is more power in that than you can imagine. If you cannot formulate any words to cry out to God, if you just say his name. You know, we think sometimes there needs to be more than that. And I'm convinced that, that the need is right. Because literally sometimes the best thing you can do is breathe. You can get mm-hmm. through the day, and if you can breathe the name of Jesus, you invite something more powerful than we can even put into words yeah, into exactly. your life because 
And when your when your mountains have all fallen flat, you can't rebuild them, and you certainly can't do it alone. Yeah. It requires something really beyond articulation, beyond the natural, um, what we call supernatural. So, yeah, thank you, uh, Danita. Thank you so much. I know that this God will use this to help some people, maybe who haven't even started that healing journey to to have some hope and and to learn to move forward so that they can smile again they can have some purpose they can clear their brain thank you thank you sir appreciate all you guys out there watching if you know someone uh and you feel like it's appropriate because it may not be the right timing uh hit that share button um and again if you you know if you need to reach out you need some resources you can go to danita's website She's there to help. She's there to turn around and say, here's a hand. I can mm-hmm. lift you up one step at a time, one day at a time. And, and that's how you walk through that valley of the shadow of death. Because there is only a shadow when there is a light on the other side. But it's a painful walk. I get it. But keep walking and you will find hope again. Appreciate you guys being here. See you again next time. If you haven't liked or followed or subscribed... I invite you to do that. We do hit these tough topics. We hit some lighter ones as well. So we always enjoy you being here with us. We'll see you again next time on Life Today Live.